Welcome to HBW's Over the Counter podcast. I'm David Ridley and I'll be chatting with industry experts and insiders about the latest trends, issues and intelligence in consumer healthcare. In the second part of HBW Insights exclusive interview with OTC industry veteran Birgit Schulbauer, we discuss the trends that will shape the future of consumer health. Drawing on her extensive experience in OTC, most recently as Global Vice President of J&J's Self-Care Franchise and President of the ASGP, Schulbauer gives her views on consumer shifts towards self-care and prevention, digitalisation and e-commerce, supply chain resilience and sustainability. Schulbauer also gives an insider perspective on moves by companies like Chemview and Halion to spin out as independent OTC players and the implications for Rx to OTC switch, for example. Maybe now uh, it would be good to think about, you know, the present and the future. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you know, switching your hats to the to your role as a you know independent consultant. Um. So you on LinkedIn when you were when you announced your new company, you you said that um, you thought that the OTC market was very promising. I thought that was interesting. I thought maybe you could start by just expanding on that. What do you see as very promising about the OTC market? That's a great question. Now, um, if you think about what what are the key the key factors uh, that can influence this market, I mean, first of all, um, I think we know today, and thanks God, uh, the, our global association has has charted a study a couple of years ago to figure out uh, the benefit of self care. Because very often, as I said earlier, it's forgotten. It's the little, the little poor cousin of big pharma, and it's and people, even policymakers, are not always appreciating or understanding its value. And I think this study has shown us that on the globe, we're saving 100, 120 billion dollar per year uh, to the health systems because people are treating themselves and pay out of pocket, of course. Um, and if we deploy self-care even more, and I'm talking self-care here, not particularly OTC, because I think it's the bigger thing. But if we if we deploy that even more, uh, uh, the study sees a potential of 180 billion dollar. And if you think what could we do with that money, I mean that's that's amazing. And and of course, uh, we also we are saving doctors' time. Uh, we are getting we can avoid worsening of the disease if 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 uh, the treatment starts early enough so people can get earlier back to work which is very important uh, particularly in countries where you don't have all that social systems so so i think uh, that's the big picture to me now obviously what has also happened is i think not everybody but many people understand that even our our fancy western healthcare systems cannot carry it all. And we have most of our countries have aging population and people get older and and they want to get older in 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 a good quality of life. And and of course we have our farm industry is doing great research and brings great innovative drugs which can basically improve quality of life, which can save and prolongate lives. But these are expensive uh, by nature. And so I think I think there's consensus that we should focus the system, the funds of our healthcare system 
um, and, 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 and national insurers, etc. We should focus that on the on, on the very serious um, diseases and take care of a, of a cold ourselves, right? So, so I think uh, that's one area, and people are more and more willing to take responsibility for for their health because also they are more educated. I mean, we know that I think the Google colleagues tell us all the time that health is the number one research topic. So people are are um, are more mature. They look uh, they they look at their symptoms and try to figure it out themselves, and so they take more responsibility and and they understand that eventually they shouldn't go just for every every small symptom to a doctor but but eventually figure out first what what else what can they do themselves on the other hand we have this big so, so i think we have the classic treatment with with otc but then we have also this big prevention market where people are much more engaged than they used to be and they they do all sort of things which obviously is not all, all products, but also uh, physical activity, et cetera, mental activity to prevent diseases. And and of course, there you can also, we have talked in the past a lot about not just offering a product, but a system. And now, uh, depending on the country, this is more advanced or less, but I mean, people, uh, for example, here in Germany, people love health apps. So they are, uh, there's, and, and of course, an app, it's very hard to develop a good app. I, I know that from my own experience. But um, if you really offer a good benefit to your audience, I think that, that there's there's a place to be. And if you can then offer a, syst a system rather than just a product, um, that's that offers great potential. And then I think there's also a whole market of self-diagnostics, which will, which will offer um, more intelligent systems. And then we don't know what what is AI go, going to offer to us. So I think we have this this uh, the innovation and this technological side. We have we have increased self responsibility and and engagement for self care. And then of of course we also have the demographics. So you have the demographics. You have aging people in 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 most developed countries, and these people, not all of them, but but there's also um, I think there's also good purchase power in that group. And they want to they want to get old, but but in good shape and in in good look. So they are looking for for products that that work for them. And uh, and and I think there's still a big potential for us. And then you have, and I'm referring to what I said earlier about self care. Maybe the only the only um, the the only uh, only way of healthcare in some countries. So you have the developing countries where you have a young population, but you have therefore you have a lot of children that that uh, need healthcare. So so I think there's just a, a huge potential. And again, I mean, in 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 many developing countries, um, self-care is the way to do it because they they may not have access or cannot cannot afford uh, to go to the doctor for everything. So so I think altogether there's. There's so much that we can do. Um, we just, we just, uh, you know, need to to sort it, and 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 companies obviously will figure out where to focus on. I mean, when you look at this, at the success of these new slimming, slimming treatments, um, if I was working on Switch, I would say, wow, you know, I mean, is is this ever going to going to be switchable? I, I don't know, but but I mean that's that's also that's a market. I mean, if you find the golden the golden bullet for this one, huge, 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 right? 
or, or hair growth, hair regrowth. I mean, these are there are some categories which, if somebody found the right uh, the, the 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 right proposition, it's huge. Yeah, I think that yeah, you're right. Those are very interesting and exciting um, categories. Um, we'll talk about switch maybe in a second. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, and you mentioned this before um, when we were talking about your career. You know, your J and J have has spun out the consumer health division called Kenview now. Same with GSK with Halion, mm -hmm. and there are other companies as well. Uh, this and they're not the first ones. So you you experienced that you know kind of directly. Mm -hmm. What um was that was that a surprise or was this something that you could see developing? Um, and what do you think about that as a as a major trend? Uh, is your question specific, specifically on J and J or or both? No, no, just I think on the on in the trend in general of of the this relates to what we we're just talking about with self care. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. in a way we you know this is the age of self care uh, finally in in some respects. And then it's almost like the industry is then changing to reflect that, you know, that self-care is now enough of a thing in itself that companies can be consumer health companies um, rather than just, you know, the poor cousin of the pharmaceutical parent, as you said before. <laughs> um, you know, what? how did that just just being in a company that has gone through that, but also that what more seeing that as an industry trend? You know, what, what was that? How did, I think, that um, how did that look from your point of view? What do you think is behind it? I would say, you know, um, maybe, I mean, the two which we have already seen, uh, Halion and, and Kenview, I mean, they may, th there may be different triggers. I think, um, as I understood, I understood GSK, I mean, obviously they, they were able to, to make fantastic acquisitions. I mean, and, and this combination of three GSK, Pfizer and Pfizer Consumer Health and Novartis. Yeah, of course, they they they, yeah. they were Novartis. So, I mean, that was pretty fantastic. Uh, and they have a fantastic portfolio. And and I guess GSK really uh, felt that they need to focus on, on, on pharma. Um, so that was one. Maybe that could have been expected. I was not close enough to it. So um, it did surprise me a bit. Uh, but then looking at it twice, you think, yeah, I mean, that's a real powerhouse, right? Um, in J&J, the philosophy has been different because J&J was always uh, the broadly based healthcare company. So um, I personally living and working there, I did not really expect it because, you know, J&J did their own thing. Even in the past when Pfizer, for example, was constantly playing with it, um, J&J said, um, we, we want to be the, 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 we want to continue to be the broad, the, the broadest based human health company. So that came as a surprise, and I think um, in J in J, &J you know, um, they also they have obviously a big medical device business, and you know, you understand to some point. I mean, different to to, to Halion, uh, J, J also has has beauty products, or I mean, uh, skin health products, and you have the baby business, and you can understand to some degree that baby powder and um, and I would say computer uh, digitized surgery uh, may not necessarily fit together. So, so I think if you think about it, yeah, you can follow it. And 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 we we have total high tech, and then relatively well established long long term known product. So so, but I mean, as a first emotional reaction, it came as a surprise. I mean, I think, and, and I mean, yes, I know that there. I think Sanofi is pretty public. Uh, 
fire is speculated on, we don't know. Um, and I think it also may have to do with the, the, the situation they have in pharma, because in pharma, obviously, I mean, it's not they have enough innovation as an industry, but the, the, the magic, word is, magic word is access. Can you get access? Can you get can you get it reimbursed? Can you get a reasonable pricing? And so I think um, they want to focus on on what what is their core business. And when you look at the PNL, of course, it's the core business. So I mean, there's nothing to to criticize. Uh, but nevertheless, I would also say management goes in waves, and you have these uh, centralization, decentralization. You have you have um, uh, focus on core, and then you have vertical, vertical diversification and horizontal diversification. I think I think it does go in waves, and maybe at the minute we're in the in the core period, right? So, um, and thinking of the of the consequences of it, you know, I mean, when you work in big pharma, and big pharma in principle sets the the rules, and that's fine. But of course, you you may not always have the agility that you need in order to act in a in a consumer business. So from that from that perspective, I think these uh, separations will make the consumer healthcare businesses more flexible, faster, more agile, um, and so and will will unleash new power. I mean that's pretty pretty clear for me. And also I, I would say you know. Um, new different innovation. I'm not talking new molecules, but uh, you know how to use AI, for example. I think it will be much faster on that end. Um, and so that's I think that's a benefit of it, being more agile. I think um, we need to see, you know, I mean these companies, which is a challenge, yet they need to build their new identities. Uh, it and that takes very long, uh, and they have no choice. They have they have to do that. And so um, they need to build and then they need to build these brands and, and, and create all the trust that's around it. When you go somewhere and you say change or, or buyer or so, I mean, you know that everybody knows what you're talking about. So uh, on the other hand, what I also see is uh, and here I put on my SGP hat, you know, when you look at policy, I mean, of course, Big Pharma always sits at the table. I think it. It will be difficult to to be very to, to keep the same level of influence um, if you're just just a self-care company, right? So I think there's always good and bad. And of course, you know, while sometimes um, the rules of big pharma were maybe a bit restrictive, on the other hand, you have access to all. You have access to the newest technology, to the newest way of doing things. So I think there's, I mean, it's 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 always good and bad. Um, but also, I would say, you know, with some customers, you may be more influential if you are the big with suppliers, with like the big chemical su suppliers. I, I mean, yeah, but nevertheless, I think the decision has been made. And we talk when you talk particularly Halion and and uh, can you they are big companies, they're very big companies, you know. So uh, and we have they have great portfolios, both of them, fantastic brands. So um, they were also. They will use that that increased flexibility, and um, I mean I think they're they will be successful. Of course, they are set up for success. But of course, they had to they had to to create all sort of functions that they didn't need to have before as they become independent. So I think that has been done in both of them. 
And so now I think they can focus, they can go full speed on the market. Nevertheless, I mean, who knows? Is that the last word forever? I, I, I wouldn't want to predict that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think we've learned not to make too many strong predictions in the last few years, haven't we? I hope you're enjoying this episode of Over the Counter so far. Don't forget to follow Pharma Intelligence Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify and TuneIn. Also, check out HBW Insight at hbw.sightline.com for all the latest health, beauty and wellness news and intelligence. Keep listening. This episode continues now. I think, what, yeah, one of the things that I wonder is, you know, given that the OTC industry is kind of created, not just, but, you know, one of the reasons is that you have um, pharmaceutical uh, active ingredients that, you know, reach the end of their patents and then need to find a new life. And one of the ways they do that is through the switch mechanism. And some of the biggest brands are, you know, drugs that used to be prescription that are now available over the counter. But that pipeline, isn't there necessarily or at least you know not in the same company when when you've got the otc parts spun out how do you um what do you think happens to uh switch in a in an industry that is independent in all honesty i'm i don't see much much change there because you know, even in the past, not every, not every company who had uh, switchable trucks had uh, an OTC arm, you know. And so it was typically either you had, you set up a contract early or there was a bidding process. I mean, let's think for some AstraZeneca with Nexium. Yeah. So, I mean, that has been there all the time. And, and this whole, the bigger farm industry has always been used to this kind of uh, deals. And I must also say, sometimes it was harder to get something internally than externally because externally you could make a contract internally um i think the the problem with switch has often been that pharma would give it to otc only at the end of its patent and then it was hard you know it's partly in europe where you where a dtc for rx is not possible so it was sometimes difficult you know to 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 fully use its potential at that late stage so so i think at the end of the day you know um that will not. I mean, the consumer and the patient will not say, see anything. I think the the, the um, consumer companies will compete and will bid um, to the to the farm companies who have switched candidates. In honesty, from that end, the bigger problem is that we always said the easy switches have been done. What whatever is to come to switch now will be a bit more sophisticated, where you may have may need um, you know safety protocols or. Um, uh, professionally guided protocols. So um, I think that's that that's the, the the bigger hurdle to overcome there. And maybe a role for digital as well. We were talking about digital before. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I also I, I wanted to add one point which I forgot to to mention when we talked about the spin-offs. You know what I think what's really important, and I hope that the new companies will keep that in mind. I think in order to be successful in in their category, 
they will need to they will they will need to continue to have these typical farm skills. So you need to understand regulatory. You need to have nobody somebody to help you develop claims, medical claims at the end. Um, you need to keep professional marketing, and I think that's important because today, I mean, you have uh, and before you had access to it automatically if you want because it was part of the family, yeah, and it was there. But I think now. Um, I think there's a risk that you slip completely to the, let's say, type food or cosmetic industry, and I think that would be that would be a risk. They need to keep that knowledge, or or um, you know, um, continue to develop it. That's great advice. So, are there any other trends um, that you think are important? We've talked about pretty big ones: digital, the spinouts. I mean, you mentioned sustainability. That's not going anywhere, is it? Yeah, I mean, let's continue to build on that. Um, obviously, we haven't talked about e-commerce. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in 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 in, in selling OTCs um, online. Why? Because I mean, most of them are these tiny little light boxes which you can easily ship. Um, and I think uh, people are, as we said earlier, well educated um, and 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 are. Even older people are, are are using the internet, and it gives it gives them uh, confidence and good service. So I think that I still believe. I know some of the European um, online pharmacies are struggling at the moment for various reasons, but but I still think there's a big future in online sale of of OTCs to start with. Um, and then also, I mean, you can also uh, I think there's a future for online bigger services, which may include a product, of course, but also um, other other uh, services. Um, that's that's a, a big area. And, and again, I mean, I don't know what AI means for this industry, but it certainly will mean something. And, and the smart people will discover uh, its potential uh, quickly. Um, I think we also have one big area to, to work on, which is this whole supply problem, which has, I mean, you know, I guess it I guess it immersed during COVID, but it was there, I think it's it was already a little bit there before. During COVID, it got really bad, but now, while our market our categories have gone on a higher level, um, I I mean this API supply issue is a big one because very often even big molecules have have few API manufacturing plants. Uh, which people don't know, so so I think that's that that's one to look at. Um, but also, I mean, the supply of simple simple commodity chemicals or packaging. So so I think that's that's one which we need to to deal with. Uh, sustainability is obviously a very wide topic, and um, I think that will keep. Rightly so. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, but I mean, that will keep um, associations, but also the industry busy for a while because the issue is also it's very complex. I, I'm certainly not the expert, but even from my work at HTP, I know that sometimes, you know, there are conflicting goals within sustainability. And then you also need to, I mean, there's always a trade off. Uh, just, I mean, pollution in the water is one thing. But not having um, the opportunity to treat your pain is another one. So, and then what happens if people cannot buy these painkillers um, in the pharmacy anymore? 
They have to go to the doctor and they get a heavier truck probably, you know, and we're back to prescription. So, so I think it's very complex and it's all linked together and these kind of things will keep us very busy. And I think then another point, which is, which is, which is giving us headaches is, I mean, we have, of course, an OTC active ingredient is old because it has been used plenty of times until it got OTC. But then you get all sort of, of new requirements and people are happy with these products and love them. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, there are new challenges, which is it, if, if, is it, if, is it really efficacious? Is it, is it safe? Is it is what's it, its its um, CO2 footprint? And as a matter of fact, we have less ingredients to play with, and that's that's a problem. And very often, I mean to be quite clear, I mean there are some some devices that that you can use to treat yourself. But for example, I mean an OTC is still a truck with a with a proven efficacy, with a with a dossier, etc. So, I mean, a food supplement is not the same thing. And I think it's a problem if we if we really lose some of our important ingredients, or we can only use them in a very restricted manner. Of course, I mean, we've got recently the whole thing with the antifungals and antivirals. Um, you know, with the European Commission wanting to maybe put them behind description restrictions because of the um, antibiotic resistance so it's a classic case of what you just say the balancing you know the availability with uh, safety and you know what happens if you make them prescription and people end up going back to the doctors again and put pressure on health systems etc it's completely counterproductive but i mean this this um antifungals and and um um it was antifungals and and antibiotics yeah so I think there, I think that to me, it appeared also there's a bit of a confusion between an, antibiotics and antifungals and it's it put all in one basket. So personally, I hope that the last word is not said there, but I mean, uh, I may not know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, what it points to, as well as the sustainability uh, and well, all of it really, is the ongoing role for collective uh, institutions like the ASGP, isn't it? So do you think you know, the, the associations especially the, you know, the major ones like ASGP, you think they will become more important in the future or at least stay as important as they are now? I believe they will become more important. Um, and that's not because I like ASGP and, and, and the people doing the work there. I think they will become more important because as a single player, I mean, you to be pretty clear, you don't get access to talk to the EU Commission. And it's also it's only if and I think we also get to smarter solutions if you all sit together because because you have more smart people in the room to 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 go for the right for the right objectives and and to put uh, the right argumentation in place and I mean we see more and more of these cases I mean we haven't talked about about titan, titanium dioxide which is basically the vitamin of all tablets so. I think um, there there are challenges ahead of us. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying there are plenty of opportunities. We talked about that earlier, but there are also challenges ahead of us, which we can only only remediate if we work all together. And ASGP is, is the organ for that. Agree. Um, so we've talked really a lot. The 
the discussions have been really wide ranging. It's been brilliant. So what's next for you then with the new consulting business? What does it look like in the next few years or a few months? You know, I'm not thinking in years there. I mean, I'm still, it's still, a, you know, a bit uh, testing the water. You know, I'm now a service company, so I'm sitting there waiting what comes, you know. So, um, but I may also, you know, I'm, I'm also, it's, it's interesting when you start a company uh, in, a, in a nice network, I mean, I got in touch with some of my former, I mean, we became change 16 years ago. And some of my former Pfizer colleagues who are now somewhere else, you know, reach out and say, oh, you're doing this. And, and so um, I'm just curious what's developing there. You know, I'm I'm very open. But I must also say, you know, I also declined jobs because I figured out that I don't have the right skills. You know, um, I, I guess I guess you need to to do what you really know to do. I'm I'm not asking people to pay me for something that I I don't have enough experience in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this will help a little bit. Um, so I think, you know, the, the message is, you know, if you need some help with with something, get in touch with. Um, and of course, they can find you on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, if they haven't already got your contact details. Uh, thanks, so, David. Uh, I think this is fantastic. I mean, I really I very much appreciate appreciate that you give me that opportunity because, um, yeah, I, it's important for me. And, and by the way, it was fun. <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> I hope it's you brilliant. too. <laughs> no, it's absolutely brilliant. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Over the Counter. Listen out for more episodes every two weeks and check out the further reading section of the article published on hbw.sightline.com for related news and intelligence. And don't forget to follow, share and comment on Sightline podcasts on the platform of your choice. See you next time.